job finding tips and strategies, interview tips, the hidden job market, the difference between recruiters and hiring managers, education and skills employers are looking for, and microcertifications are all covered in this Bernie Chats with Bart Zick, Certified Resume Strategist. Now let's get started. The designations that you have, you have right. the, M- the MBA, and which ones? What do, you do those have? things mean? And yeah, what what do those letters mean, Bart? And how have they helped you in your career path? And what do you recommend for other people? Because sometimes people, especially if they're immigrants, they might be applying to positions that they're overqualified for. Maybe uh, unpack the uh, the designations, and then tell us about sure. the, the process of conveying that on a resume and matching it to the job. So I just mentioned the, the way I see my career development as, as an evolutionary process. And, and those designations mm-hmm. um, actually are, 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 are the, the milestones or the markers of that evolution. So I have to go a little bit further back. I'm going to start with the MBA because my bachelor's degree is completely unrelated to, to what I'm doing. And it was something that I was passionate about mm-hmm. when I was in my late teens and early 20s. But then reality and life happened. So at the time that I decided to do my MBA, I was exploring the world, experiencing the world, exploring my strengths, exploring what interests me, like many people do at that age. Mm -hmm. And I was working in Japan at that time. I was working for for the um, Ministry of Education in the prefecture in Japan. So I was dealing a lot with uh, school trustees, with politicians, with business people, mm. and not just students. And during that time, during that experience, I developed an interest in business. And I thought, oh, how can I get myself into the world of business and learn more about it in the quickest way possible uh, that I can? And so I did a bunch of research and I discovered that I can do an MBA because my grades were, were fairly good from my bachelor's degree. And I could pursue an MBA, learn a lot about business, and I don't have to take another bachelor's degree. And at the same time, that would give me a master's degree. So mm-hmm. there were a lot of pros to doing that. So right. that's how I decided to pursue the MBA. And now, what, was, what was the, the bachelor's degree in? You got me curious now. In environmental science. Nice. Okay. So you know, my background is a hippie. So, <laughs> uh, now, I don't regret what I did. It, it really opened up my eyes to a lot of things as well. Sure. But un- unfortunately, it, it, it didn't result in a career. Right. I decided to, to do an MBA. Um, and I really didn't specialize anything in anything because I didn't have a background in business. It was all completely new to me. So the learning curve was, you know, it was like, like that. <laughs> mm, I'm sure. Um, but it really, again, exposed me and opened up my eyes to, to a completely different world that I wasn't familiar with at the time. But I'm glad I did it because now, because of this designation, I can teach uh, in, in, in colleges. And because right. of that designation, it opened up a lot of doors to working in, in various corporations over time. And uh, anybody who's, who's starting their career in business, uh, I recommend to anybody, you know, even if you don't want this as your career, 
get one or two years experience in corporate sales. Mm. It, it's the best business education you can get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in, in terms of hands-on. So that, that's the master's part of it. Um, and then I, I continued to work in sales for about 10 years or so. But uh, I started to discover that in my evolution, one of the things that I was very effective at, and it, it, it provided me a lot of satisfaction, was helping onboard new employees, like new salespeople, and, and also to teach my clients how to use the products that I sold them or that, that they would uh, buy from the company. And I started to focus on that more. And so that kind of led me into teaching part-time at, at colleges. And then I decided that, you know, I, I want to see if I can kind of bridge the college ed education with corporate education. So that's the CTP, which is the Certified Training Practitioner. Ah, okay. And it's through the uh, Institute for Performance and Learning uh, here in Canada. Mm -hmm. So it's essentially corporate training. But corporate training goes hand in hand with, with business training in, in post-secondary institutions because there's a lot of hands-on experience. Well, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of what we call transferable skills there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, with, with business, I think many colleges do a wonderful job at, at business because in many cases, they're a lot more hands-on than, than university courses. Uh, okay. It's actually have to do real life stuff, real life projects on a daily basis, and then they go off do an internship in a real company. So, so more, more, practical, more practical, more practical than theoretical. Absolutely. Yeah. So my 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 training as a corporate trainer uh, transferred very well into teaching business in colleges. Sure. And then the most recent certification, which is the uh, CRS, is certified resume strategist. Oh, really? Wow. And that's with the uh, Career Professionals of Canada, CPC, which is, okay. again, a, a national organization. But uh, the principles apply equally to, to, to the USA as well. And uh, your tips or suggestions for the interview process, both from when they call you for an interview and when you're in the interview. Okay. So um, when you say when they call you for an interview, what are you thinking about? Well, if somebody is applying for a job and you've got the attention of the recruiter mm -hmm. and the hiring manager, you've, you've got their interest and now they have the desire to call you in for an interview. Is that part of the process? Sure. Absolutely. So of course, you know, you set up an interview time. Um, I, this doesn't need to be said, but it still needs to be said. Always arrive, not on time, before time. Mm -hmm. And the reason I, I say this is because I have so many students who, you know, come to class exactly when the class starts. Mm -hmm. Well, you're already late. So mm -hmm. think about on time means late. Mm -hmm. Come five to 10 minutes early. Why is that important? Is because you can, you can have a short conversation. You can have small talk with whoever is there, a receptionist, a, an employee, whoever you can make a positive impression on them. And you might ask a question or two about the, the people who will be interviewing you. Mm -hmm. um, the person at reception and employees, they're a wealth of information. Sure. So I'm not saying this always turns out this way, but it gives you an additional 
opportunity to make a positive impression on someone else in the company. Awesome. Yeah, and you can get some valuable information too. Uh, yeah, and, and get an idea about the culture. You know, even if you don't, I've seen this before, is after the interview, when you leave, yes, hiring manager will come out and ask the receptionist, what did you think of this person? Right. Right. So yeah, you never if you didn't treat her well, she'll hear, she'll tell them. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, this everything's on the table because that person doesn't care. For sure. Now, what about selling yourself at the interview? What are your top tips there? So um, I think there's a couple of things to always keep in mind. Um, I'm going to start with the more, more common thing is that people are nervous. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's normal. Everybody gets nervous when they're in a, in a strange or new or, or unfamiliar situation. And I always tell people who, who feel this way, make sure you remember to breathe. Right. <laughs> Which means slow down when you're answering your questions. Remember to breathe. And if you're stuck at answering a question, it's okay to say, you know, that's a big question. Do you mind if I take a moment to think about it? Mm. it's you know when you ask that question when you ask for permission i do this i tell my students to do that nobody has ever said that the interviewer said no they always say yes and in fact again you're 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 showing that you're professional because you're asking for permission you're realizing that you're slowing down the conversation but you're signaling it you're communicating that you know this it's going to take you a moment to think about it and you're asking for permission the key right. here is don't take five minutes to think about it, <laughs> right? You don't well, wanna... and, and it's an indication that you're not going to give a hasty decision, a hasty Absolutely. answer. You're That's going to think it through point. and you're going to hopefully say something intelligent. Right? <laughs> <Hopefully>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's right. You're showing that you're, you're thoughtful, you're considering, you're looking inside for, you know, you're looking at your past experience and, and you're, you're analyzing the situation. So right. that's, that's a very good thing. And the other thing is I always tell students, and this works, this works all the time. Uh, how do I know? Because of the feedback I receive from people who actually did get jobs by using this mm -hmm. is use a formula to answer interview questions. And the formula has another acronym that many people have heard of, but many people haven't. And that is either S-A-R, SAR, or CAR, C-A-R. C-A-R stands for Challenge Action Result. Mm -hmm. S-A-R stands for Situation Action Result. They're pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, which one you choose depends on how much experience you have professionally. So whenever, and, and this, is, uh, this is a great formula to use for open-ended questions, mm -hmm. such as, how would you fill in the blank? Tell me about a time, fill in the blank. Questions like, that can't be answered with the, a simple yes, yes or no. Or no, or, or a simple fact. You know, right. what's your birth date? You give a number, that's it, you're done. Yeah. So if they say, what's your, I'll give you an example. So what's your biggest weakness? That seems to be a very common mm -hmm. interview question. And yes. some people say, oh my God. You know, I don't want to identify my weaknesses. Everybody has weaknesses. Right. So the, the only person who is lying is the person who says they don't have any. So admit to a weakness, but only so you have to answer your questions strategically. Choose a weakness that you've identified and you've started to work on. Mm -hmm. So you say, this is where I've had a hard time or this is what's been challenging to me. And then action. 
I've thought about this, I researched it, and I decided to take this course. You're, you're showing that you're, you're into professional development and that you want to overcome weaknesses. So right. I started to take this course and then the result, you know, I'm going to use my example. I've had a tough time uh, using the design features of Word. That's been always my weakness. I can still do it, but it takes me a long time to do. Action. I've started to research courses that I can take uh, uh, where I can actually learn some of the design principles for Microsoft Word in a short amount of time. Results. Awesome. Yeah. After, as I'm taking this course, I'm actually implementing what I'm learning into the documents that I'm designing. I'm already, say, I'm already seeing uh, a payoff and it's reduced the time that I take to design these documents. Excellent. So I've identified a weakness. I've described the action that I'm taking and I've also described a positive result that's useful to the hiring manager because it shows that I've done something to reduce the time that it takes me to do a certain task. Everybody likes efficiency in a workplace. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I say challenge, well, if you're an administrator or, you know, you're, you're a data entry clerk, maybe you didn't have groundbreaking challenges at work, but maybe there was a situation that you, you addressed you did something to do it, and then you had a positive result. Mm -hmm. And now, as you mentioned, you know, travel, time, and money rarely come together to form that perfect opportunity. Mm -hmm. But with education, it's a little bit different, especially with online education. Um, one of the videos that I, that I have up on my YouTube channel talks just about that. How can you get skills for free? Mm -hmm. And you know, many different cities, and I know cities like Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver, uh, many cities in the USA that I looked at, like Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles. If you get a library card from that library system in a city, you have access, for example, us in Vancouver, we have access with a library car card to uh, LinkedIn Learning. Mm -hmm. which used to be called lynda.com. Oh, is that right? I didn't, I wasn't aware and of that. LinkedIn acquired Lynda. There and we I, I knew they acquired it, but I didn't know that we had access to it through our library card. Absolutely. So oh, that's awesome. your local library, your city yeah. library, your public library is a tre treasure trove of useful things that you don't have to pay for, but most people don't explore it. So again, this relates to newcomers, right? get a library card that this should be on, on one of your top five things you should do For because sure. it allows you access to just wonderful online resources periodicals company databases that you can find out the names of hiring managers and department managers and directors and and, and c-level executives those are the people that make the hiring decisions not hr or recruiters Mm -hmm. So just like we say in sales, you know, go for the decision maker. Same thing with, with being proactive about your job search. Go for the decision maker. As, and I think there's a good distinction to be made there between recruiters and hiring managers. Absolutely. So my understanding is that the recruiter will often do the task of sourcing talent and going through the process, but then they will ultimately do it based on a request from a hiring manager and then bring the candidates to the hiring manager to present the candidates, whether they're an That's internal right. recruiter or an external recruiter. And you can think of a recruiter in, in sales terms as a gatekeeper. And for many professions such as um, you know, medical and maybe not nursing, like you said, but definitely for, for doctors, uh, legal yeah. uh, is another example. Um, 
people who have those professions in other countries uh, should be prepared to do something else in Canada, or at least to pursue further education to be able to work in that field. However, having said that, one piece of advice I think that, that, I, that I would have, and it doesn't, doesn't apply for everybody, but it, it, it does for people who are planning to immigrate to Canada, mm -hmm. who have the luxury of time uh, before they actually arrive here, is that any type of internationally recognized designation that they are able to get in their home country is, is acceptable here. Let me give you an example, uh, project management. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is a project manager or an engineer of some sort in another country, and I, I, I get a lot of, uh, I, I communicate a lot with engineers from Brazil, from the Middle East and um, from India and Pakistan, mm -hmm. lots of IT and lots of engineering you know, if you're planning to immigrate to, to, to the USA or Canada or Australia, uh, get PMI certified, Project Management Institute, because that's recognized all over the world. Oh, okay. uh, for IT professionals, any type of Microsoft certification, Cisco certification, any type of industry certification mm -hmm. is valuable here. Salesforce. So absolutely. <laughs> being certified as a Salesforce administrator is golden here. So if anybody is at a, at a position in their professional life, in their home country, where they have the time and the resources to pursue some kind of certification to prepare for life here, for mm -hmm. a career life here, mm -hmm. get any sort of certification that's industry or, or, or professional um, or, or specific to, to a company like Cisco, Microsoft, or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I guess, uh, I guess the key there is if, if it's a, a globally recognized yes. certification in software or some kind of process, then chances are it's going to be um, recognized to some degree by employers here in Canada. They're going absolutely. to look at it as... Absolutely. Let me give you an example. Um, I had a student. She is from Brazil. And... In one of our courses, we were studying uh, CRM systems, um, mm -hmm. customer relationship management systems. And she, in her home country, worked in, with Salesforce. She was in sales in, in Brazil. And I encouraged her here in Canada to actually pursue some kind of internship with a company that's related with her career. Because unfortunately, a lot of the people, for the for the reasons we discussed, end up doing their internship at Starbucks, mm. you know, or at the Amazon warehouse or something like that. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, they are educated engineers, mm -hmm. you know. So I said to her, try try to do that because you have some valuable skills and experience. And in fact, there there was a company here um, that hired her, and they wanted to keep her. The challenge was her legal status here was a uh, work and study visa. Uh, okay. And to, even if she did get employment, which she did, she would need to be sponsored by that company. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of information, both in the USA and Canada, about this type of immigrant sponsorship, where, where companies would sponsor people. And unfortunately, many immigrant consultants encourage their clients 
to take advantage of that. The reason I say unfortunately is because it's a complicated process. Mm -hmm. It's a lengthy process. Mm -hmm. And most companies are not willing to go through it. Right. What, what are the kinds of situations where a company is willing to go through that? Because it is a, a big responsibility for a company. From what I understand, it is now. I'm not a legal expert. I'm, I'm not, and, and right. whenever, whenever you know, if if I could recommend something that might not be popular with many people and many institutions, I would recommend if you have a choice. And again, this is going to be disputed, but if you have a choice between an immigration consultant and an immigration lawyer, mm -hmm. who will cost more. Mm -hmm invest in yourself and go with the immigration lawyer. You will avoid a lot of pain, a lot of disappointment, and save a lot of time. You could avoid a lot of pain and a lot of disappointment. You know, if, if I'm going to be told no, I would rather hear it today than three mm -hmm. months from now. Got it. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk about that anymore, because yeah, like I enough. said, many people would dispute this, and, and it, it's fair. And I've heard, it, I've heard it said before. You know, yeah. um, so I, I'm not going to weigh in um, on, on that too much because I'm not a lawyer mm -hmm. um, and I can only speak from experience. And my experience is that companies are a, one, they're fearful of the process mm -hmm. because they have to invest in it, too. Mm -hmm. And number two is that especially now they could probably find a local candidate um, Mm -hmm. without all the legal process. So it's more probable in a, in a tight job market. Absolutely. Which, which we are not anymore. That's right. Mm -hmm. So just to conclude what, what I was talking about, I think sure. it can work, but oftentimes it doesn't work. What mm -hmm. I mean is, is, you know, being sponsored by a company. Mm -hmm. It's a risk. Right. But you know, the, the advice of getting some sort of international designation yeah. or professional designation that's, that's recognized all over the world. That's, 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 a, that's great advice. That's, I've never heard it put that way. And I think that's very good advice. There is a trend now for micro certifications. Okay. Uh, and very interesting that on that. Yeah, please bit? do, please do. I'm interested in, in knowing about so that. So when I said I'm done with school, it doesn't mean I'm done with learning. Mm -hmm. In today's world, and we can see how quickly technology changes and how quickly things change in general. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that I, I, my, my time would not be wisely used and my resources wouldn't be wisely invested to pursue another university degree. Mm -hmm. Why not? Because it takes between two and four years depending mm -hmm. on, on what you're doing. And during that time, the world is going to change tremendously. For sure. And there are certain organizations that really stay up to date. Some, some technical colleges, some uh, technical institutes uh, do stay on top of these things. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes universities, and I hate to say this, but they don't. Mm -hmm. But going back to what I said about micro certifications, these are things you can earn certificates, you can earn diplomas, uh, you can earn things of a similar nature 
that are respected and accepted by employers. And I mentioned, you know, in our discussion a moment ago about things like being Cisco certified or Microsoft certified. These mm -hmm. are example of micro certifications. Mm -hmm. You can take them online. Right. In many cases, you have to do a short case study at the end with mm -hmm. a team. Mm -hmm. You might need to do some sort of an examination, but you don't need to invest two years or, or whatever, a full-time study and put your career on the back burner. Right. So this is becoming more popular and more and more accepted by companies. And we've mentioned uh, previously things like LinkedIn learning, mm -hmm. like you know having a library card and being able to access that for free. Mm -hmm. uh, and then putting your certificates in your LinkedIn profile. So you know maybe it is the equivalent of a bachelor's degree or a master's degree, but it's evidence to any type of employer that you are committed to professional development and continuous learning. Yes. You're signaling just by doing that to your employer that you are flexible, that you are up to date, and that you are continuously developing. I, I work on, on YouTube and mm -hmm. I can't comment on, on other platforms because I, I don't use them professionally, uh, but the algorithms change all the time, mm -hmm. right? For sure. uh, the interface changes. So chances are learning this type of thing right now, it's a snapshot in time. Right. Six months down the road, the reality is going to look very much different compared that, to the snapshot you took six months ago. So that's a great arg argument for, there's a couple, so there's a few great arguments for micro certifications, as you're saying. One, the globalism of it and the current information that you're getting when you're doing such a, such a certification. Absolutely. Another example is you can get certified in Microsoft Office. Right. And that's a valuable certification. Oh, that would be. That would be because oh. I believe the statistic is something like, it's almost like the brain. We only use 10% of what's possible. The, the features that you have uh, yeah. in, so, in well, that suite of, of software. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, people, with Microsoft Office, there's probably 10 times more that you could be doing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really and, worthwhile to take a course. You know, but look at it this way. Uh, I'm actually starting to, to take a, a course through LinkedIn Learning uh, on Microsoft Word mm. because I'm interested in, in being able to get to know the design features of, mm -hmm. of Microsoft uh, Word in more nice. detail. Uh, and, you know, I'm using uh, Microsoft Office or Microsoft Word, I think it's 16, version 16. But look at all the other prior versions and look at now offices are using Microsoft Office 365. So whatever you get certified in right now, mm -hmm. by the time you finish your certification, there's going to be another version of it. <laughs> Chances so, are. Chances you're are. always playing catch up. For sure. You're always playing catch up. So this is why being able to demonstrate, not just talk about it, but show and demonstrate that you are dedicated to continuous learning and development is a key attribute that mm -hmm. employers are looking for. That, and that makes a lot of sense. Going back to our conversation about uh, gaps on your resume. Right. Well, you know what? If you're out of work, get off the couch or at least bring your laptop to the couch and start something that you can get certified in mm -hmm. and put it on your LinkedIn profile so that when you say to your employer or your future employer during a job interview, well, during this time, 
even though I was laid off, I decided to invest in my knowledge, my development, to learn new skills, and I did. And you can see that my achievement by looking at my LinkedIn profile, where I have included my certifi certificates, and you can check it physically. So I have a suggestion for that, Bart. If you're if you're looking for a job, and you are interested in taking some kind of a certification course, you could look back and think to yourself, or look back through your records and say, okay. What did I see often in the requirements for the job? Did I see Salesforce certification? Ah, okay, maybe that's a good one for me to get because the positions I'm applying for will appreciate that. It'll it'll work in, in my favor. Right? Absolutely. And you know, when when you do this, when you commit yourself, when you when you embody that mindset. Uh, just like what you're doing, you know, looking, getting educated, looking, getting educated, certified and, and following that path, you're actually following the Darwinian principle of evolution. <laughs> okay. And I thought about this because that's how I developed my career. And that's how I found myself in this career. I thought to myself that this is, you know, what I, what I was doing, because it took me a long time to get here. Uh, and, and with, you know, lots of, doubts and, and lots of uh, tangents and so on. But it's, it's really survival of the fittest mm -hmm. in this case. And what I mean by the fittest is I'm not relating it to a creature. I'm relating it to a skill. Mm. So you, you look back at what you've been doing in your past. And this is how you can develop your career to something that you really, that is really you, that reflects you and your values and, and, and just it, it's you then you don't have to worry about the work-life balance thing because mm -hmm. it's just your life. Right. Uh, pay attention to what you really ex excelled in. And I don't want to say be happy because that's, you, you, happiness is, is not, is different. Right. What you excelled in, where you provided the most value to your employer, to your customers, to, to people, what were you the best in? And then build on that. And then also look at, you know, what, prevented you from getting what you wanted and address those weaknesses. When you do that, you're supporting the fittest. You're developing mm -hmm. that and it's growing and it's becoming better and it's matching your talents. It's matching your strengths. And so, you know, we can look at the past and we can't change it, but we can learn from it. We can't shape the future. We can't, uh, you know, plan or, or I should say foretell the future, but we can influence the results by taking what we identified and analyzed from our past, working on developing it, and then thereby shaping the future that we envisioned that is the best for us. And it's a gradual evolutionary process. That's how I got to where I am right now. And I think that's what I suggest to my students who are confused about their career path. To wrap up, can you tell us a little bit more about where people can find you and learn more about what you do? Um, I think the best thing to do if people are interested in learning more about how to become an expert job seeker, and how do you know if you're an expert job seeker? Well, you find a job, is to go to my <laughs> website, which is bartzik.com. That's B-A-R-T-Z-Y-C-H.com. And from there, you'll be able to see clearly a link to my YouTube, YouTube channel, which is KISS Coaching um, as well on YouTube. And that's where you can find a whole bunch of uh, free video resources on specifically how to 
build and improve your uh, resume, as well as tips on answering uh, job interview questions and other uh, business re uh, communication related information. But specifically, this channel is focused on resume and uh, job interviews and for job seekers. That's awesome, Bart. Thanks for that. And thanks. I'm sure there's a lot of great information for people there, job seekers and, and people who are employed right now and perhaps passively job seeking. Well, that's great, Bart. Thanks very much. Great job. Thanks Thank for, uh, for all the valuable information. Pleasure.